If you'll open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter number 15. Exodus chapter number 15. You know, when you start to look for God to do things, God will show out. But when God shows out, you better be ready for it. Because, you know, there's, there's sweetness in the things that God does, but sometimes there's bitterness that shows up after God does something. And uh, let's look at this passage this morning. Verse number 22 says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Mara. And, uh, you know, if you look at that, you look at the translation in the Hebrew, it said it basically, for they, they could not drink of the waters of bitter, for they were bitter, therefore the name of it was called bitter. And there was bitterness here. And in verse number 24, and the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. All right, so when we get to this passage and we know what's going on, we look at the history of what has happened here. The Israelites were in Egypt. They were in bondage. They, they could still feel the crack of the whips. They could still remember the smell of the place. They could still remember the pain that they went through. They could still remember the bondage that they were in. 400 years, they were, they were in Egypt there. And for, they prayed to God. They prayed to the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They prayed to God and they asked for deliverance. And God heard their cry and he sent Moses to them. And Moses came and we know about the plagues. We won't go through all those. But they watched all of that happen. And the night before they left, they put the blood on the doorpost and God went over every house, he sent the angel, and they took out the firstborn of all the cattle and the firstborn of all the children, except for the ones who had the blood covering their door, covering their house. And that's the way it is today, amen? If you're under the blood, you're protected. If you're under the blood, you don't suffer the wrath of God. But here they had escaped and they had followed Moses to the Red Sea when Pharaoh finally let them go. But then Pharaoh changed his mind and he sent the armies after him. And they get to the Red Sea and they look back and there's the, the armies of Pharaoh coming after them and they've got the Red Sea in front of them and there they are. They're pinned against the wall. There's nowhere to go. The waters are too deep for three million people to cross over. There's no way they can get away. And they cried out to Moses, and Moses cried out to God. And we see this pattern over and over again in the book of Exodus. They cry out against Moses. Moses cries out to God. And they watched as the waters parted, and they were able to escape. And not only were they able to escape, but as they got on the other side, then the armies of Pharaoh crossed in the Red Sea. And this is three days after this event that this takes place. They had just seen God work a miracle in their lives, many miracles. 
It's seen the way God works. It's seen God's wrath against their enemies. They, and they were celebrating here in uh, chapter number 15, and they're singing. It says, uh, verse number 17, Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance in the place of, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in in the sanctuary, O Lord. Verse number 19 Oh, verse number 18, for the Lord shall reign forever and ever. And verse 19, for the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea. And the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. And it says and Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand. And all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, saying, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. And then that's where we are. Now, there's something to see about this. In the Christian life, there's mountaintop experiences. I can tell you about some in my life that, and, and for me, a, a mountaintop experience a lot of times takes pre- place when I hear preaching. Get into a revival meeting and you've been going there all week long and you've hear, heard the preacher and God's been speaking to your heart and you've, you're under conviction. By the time you get to Friday, God's spirit's just moving over the place. And it's like a mountaintop experience. It's, it's, it's like you can just feel God in the place. I've been in services where the Preacher got up, the guest preacher, and he sang the, the opening song, and the altar filled up. It wasn't even any preaching. It's just God moving on people's hearts, and you see God work. But then we see in this incident, we see three days later, they come to an entirely different circumstance. And I want you to think about that. They remember walking through the Red Sea. They remember seeing the waters congealed on the sides. They remember the smells of the, of the water that they walked through. They remember seeing Pharaoh's army following behind. They remember the fear of being pinned against the Red Sea. And they remember seeing that God delivered them. Not only that, but delivered them out of bondage. Because just not, not weeks before, they were suffering at the crack of the whip of the Egyptians as they labored. Everything that they did was not for themselves. Everything they did was for somebody else. Their labor was for the Egyptians. The, the, their work day was set by the Egyptians. The, anything that they produced or built was for the Egyptians. They did nothing for themselves. <coughs> God delivers them out of bondage, and now they're experiencing freedom. And it says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. They come to a point where they have no water, but there's some waters there. And it says in verse 23, he said, And they came to Marah, and they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. You ever been out fishing, out on the ocean? You know, the water you have is what's in the cooler. You're surrounded by water. You're thirsty. You're dying of thirst, but there's nothing there to drink. They get to these waters, and they're bitter. And we see God's providence. Number one, I want you to notice God's providence. They were in God's will. When they left the Red Sea, they had a cloud. They had a pillar of fire at night, and they had a cloud to follow during the day. They were going exactly 
where God was sending them. And they come to this point, and we see two different reactions here. It said, verse 24, and the people murmured against Moses. So you have the group of people that murmured. That word murmur, you know, it kind of sounds like it really is. It's one of those words that just sounds like what's happening. You know, when people get to murmuring, they, they just, just griping and complaining. Man, I know about griping and complaining. I've told you all about that. I have made people's lives miserable thinking that I was just talking. I, I have, I had a whole, I had stirred up a whole section of the factory because of running my mouth. And I had to learn the hard way. And I remember, I remember at that factory, I remember me and Mr. Ed didn't get along. We didn't like each other. And there was one woman there. Her name, it doesn't matter what her name was. You never know who's going to hear it one day. But there was one woman there, and, and she, she was always talking to somebody. And whenever she talked to me, she said, oh, Mr. Ed said this. And when she talked to Mr. Ed, well, Keith said that. And, man, I tell you, we did not like each other. But this funny thing happened. When she went out on maternity leave, all of a sudden, me and Mr. Ed got along. It's, it's just the, 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 you have the murmurs that happen. When you, when you begin to do something for God, when you begin to step out for God, you kind of see this, this there, there, there's the, the bitter waters that also come. And there's two reactions to it. There's you can murmur or you can do what Moses did. It said the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. So Moses gets down and he prays to God. That's a burden. Moses knows that God has delivered him. Moses knows that God has taken these people into his hand. He didn't take it personal. He gets on his knees to God. And let me tell you something, folks, when you're trying to lead your family, when you're trying to lead your friends to Christ, when they reject you, if you're in God's will, they're rejecting God. That doesn't mean you're right about everything. I'm talking about when God's leading you in something and, and it begins to be, you want to follow God's will no matter what the crowd says. But he cries out to God. And I can just imagine the next part. It said, the Lord showed him a tree which when he had cast into the waters. Now that's a short sentence. But I think it's a long effort because I see Moses over there cutting that tree down. And I can see because I've done it. What are we doing this for? What, what does Moses think he's going to do? We need to be going. We need to find some water. We need, we're thirsty over here and he's over here cutting a tree. What's he doing about it? Well, he was praying. But they see him cutting the tree down. And he just follows what God says. He cuts the tree down and he throws it into the water. And we see that God uses that to make the water sweet. So they were in the will of God. God had led them there. And then we see the purpose. It's going to be a short one. We got a business meeting. But there's a. There's a purpose for God leading them there. And you say, well, what would be the purpose? God had just done all of this. And as soon as they come out, three days after that, they reach these bitter waters and everyone's thirsty. Well, let me tell you, every time you step out for God, you're liable to come across the bitterness. I, wanna, I was thinking about this this week. I'm going to share this with you. You know, 
I've been praying, and I'm starting to pray, Lord, fill this fill church up. But there's something that comes along with that. Because a lot of times it's like we pray, Lord, please move. And then it becomes a murmur, Lord, why are you moving me? Lord, we want to see you work a work. God, why are you working me? We say, Lord, fill up the church. Lord, what, what are all these people doing here? <laughs> because with people become, come other ideas. With people come new problems. And it's like, well, do you want to sit where you say, well, just us four and no more? No. We want to be able to accept people. He doesn't throw on us more than we can handle. But it's, it's the willingness to see God work and the willingness to turn to God when you have the problem. And this is in your own house, in your own life. When you're praying for God to work in your life, be prepared for a little bitterness. Because there's a purpose, there's a reason behind that bitterness. And look what it says. It said, the waters were made sweet, and there he made a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. God wanted to prove what was in them. My sister-in-law, out in Savannah, Georgia, she works at the JCB plant where they make those tractors and skid steers and excavators and, and uh, backhoes and bulldozers and all those things, all that equipment. And when they make that equipment, they want it tested because that thing's going out into the construction area. That thing's going to go across bumps. That's going to go across ditches. It's going to go through water. You ever watch Gold Rush? You see how they can tear them things up. But they build that equipment, and it's all new, and it's shiny, and it's like, what in the world? Why would you want to do this? But my sister-in-law, her job is to tear it up. They run it through the courses, and they check off the list. We made it go over this many bumps, and we did this and that. Because as you get out there, before you get it out to the people, before you get it out where it's supposed to be doing a job for somebody, they want to see if it tears up. They want to see if that hydraulic line is maybe in the wrong place and it's rubbing and puts a hole in it because they don't want it to happen to the customer. They, they want to see if it'll overheat if they're putting too much of a load on it. And they want to see if it just drowns out when it goes through a puddle or when it goes through water. And they put it through the paces and they prove that that equipment will work. Well, I tell you what, sometimes God will put you through the paces. He wants to prove if you're going to be able to handle what comes next. And he puts them through the paces here. And it's, we know from the history, as they're going through the wilderness, how many things they went through. Because here the waters were bitter and they couldn't drink them. And all it was was a tree. And God said, you see the tree over there, Moses? been there the whole time. The solution was there the whole time. See, God knows what's in their heart, but he wants them to know what's in their heart. So when God proves you, when God puts you through something, he wants you to know what's in your heart. How many of you have been through something? And he said, you know, I tell myself, I said, man's got to know his limitations. I used to be a lot more uh, excited about, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know, man's got to know his limitations. And knowing those has helped me to work with them. Overcoming those has helped me to work with them and actually do more, to actually do better than I would have before. So God proved them. There was a reason for them coming to those bitter waters. 
And then there was an unseen provision. All right, this is brief, but that's all right. But there was, when they got through that, look what it says down in verse number 27. Verse 27 said, And they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water and threescore and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. When they got past the waters of Mara, when they got past the bitterness, and when the bitterness was turned to sweet, and we're going to talk about that when we finish up here, but then they were brought to a place where there were 12 wells of water. How many tribes were there? 12 tribes. There was a well for each tribe. There was enough water for each tribe of Israel. And they come to this place, and there's enough for all of them. And it's like, well, why didn't God just take them there? Well, he had proven them. Because it came out of that, verse 26, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And I thought about this. You know, up until that point, they hadn't seen God's provision. They had only seen God's justice. They had only seen the plagues that were brought on the Egyptians. They had only seen the Red Sea that was brought down on their enemy. And here God was showing them, I'm going to take care of you. And I talked about all the different incidents. This was just water that was bitter. But as they go on, there's a time when there's no water. There's a time when there's no food. There's a time when Moses strikes the rock to bring the water out. And, and bit by bit, they learn to trust the Lord until that time when they finally come out of the wilderness and go into the land and are ready to accept what God has said. So they have this time of proving, and when they come on the other side of it, just on the horizon are those 12 wells of water. Now, we've talked about that, how God, God reveals what he already has for you. God knew about those wells over the horizon, but he wanted to show them something there. And, you know, sometimes I feel like in my life, I keep seeing the same test. I keep coming up against the same test over and over and over again. But you know those tests that I've come up against when I've passed them, when I've got on my knees in prayer, when I've said, Lord, and I've allowed the Lord to push me past that. And I've come to those 12 wells of water in my life. Past the bitterness toward what God already has planned for you. Now let's just talk a minute about that tree that Moses put in the water. Because when there's bitterness in the Christian life, there's one tree that matters. And you say, well, you're just making it up. No. Tie directly whatever you want. But I'm telling you, as a Christian, because those promises are to Israel, those promises that they make there. But for the Christian, there's one thing in our life that makes a difference. There's one thing in your life that will make those bitter waters sweet. That is the cross of Jesus Christ. It didn't just save us from Egypt, the type of the world. It didn't just help us to cross over from the Red Sea. But when you come to those bitter waters, there's murmuring. 
when you pray, God points you to the cross. It's when you're following Jesus Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who humbled himself. It's, it's putting on the righteousness of Christ. It's abiding in Jesus Christ. It's, it's, when, it's changing your whole outlook, focusing on what God has for you. And I'm not talking in the sense of making you rich. I'm talking about the things that God teaches you. 